This is Beers and Buckets, a podcast for degenerates like us who drink beer and watch basketball. We are the only college basketball podcast that reviews beer and the only beer review podcast that talks college basketball. So grab a beer, throw on a game, and hang with us. All right, man. It's episode 12. How are we feeling about this podcast? Because like, I'm having a really good time with this so far. 12 episodes in. No, it's, it's super fun. We've gotten to talk to some great guests, which I think has probably been my favorite thing. Um, we obviously talk a lot in our uh, like in our group chat and stuff, so it's not like that this is this is pretty normal, just like talking ball with, with you and Matt. Um, but yeah, I think the guests have been definitely my favorite part. Plus, it just means that I pay attention to college basketball more. It almost fills the fantasy football uh, role that I have for the NFL where I play fantasy football so that I have to care about like the entire league. Uh, and this has definitely made me pay more attention to, to other teams outside of Wake and Kentucky, which has led to catching some pretty, some pretty sweet college basketball action. Yeah. I, this is the most I've paid attention to college basketball. And I used to, consider myself like a a deviant for college basketball for for what it's worth so even more so now just like the Eternals recently yeah yeah I did (laughs) (laughs) last week but no I I I paid attention a lot more this year Uh, I found like on I'm during the days I have YouTube on Matthew Loves Ball that account where he takes every single major college basketball game and cuts out all the wasted time so you can condense a two-hour game into like 25, 30 minutes. Uh, that, that's been a huge help. You get an idea of how, what, like how teams play because it doesn't always transfer on the, on the box score, you know. So Wait, what is this again? It, it's what, this what YouTube it? channel. It's, I think it's called Matthew Loves Ball. I subscribe to it, but it's like Matt Loves Ball or Matthew Loves Ball. If you don't subscribe to it, go ahead and do because it's, you're only doing yourself a favor. You could literally watch any basketball game in 25, 30 minutes because it takes – all the time where you know players are bringing the ball up the court where there's no you know like no contest of trying to get a turnover there um they take all the dead you know the dead ball time out all the timeouts all the commercials just completely eliminate it so you could watch a entire college basketball game in 20 25 minutes maybe 30 minutes at the most so why are you holding this out on me until episode 12 connor i thought you knew about it man i just thought no, you were already there so yeah, dude, definitely check it out. That's how I keep up with it. That and the watch key plays on YouTube TV, uh, it, they they changed my life, and it's just absolutely amazing. So definitely check that out. But we're in episode twelve, man, and there was a couple upsets this week. It's kind of overall a quiet week for college basketball as a whole, outside of the especially outside of the Big Twelve SEC matchup, which. You know, the best conference won. It just means more, SEC. It, it does indeed mean more. It just means more because now we are, without a doubt, the best football and basketball conference. And we have, you know, we have proof for it, man. We really do. So, but big upsets. We had Alabama upsetting Baylor. I know it was at home, but that's still, I mean, Baylor was number four in the country. That's that's a pretty big upset for how up and down Alabama's been. Yeah, I was going to say. Let's talk about like- that. There hasn't been a more like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde team than Alabama this year. They have what probably three of the like 10 best wins in the country. They beat Houston, Gonzaga and Baylor, right? Like which are 
three of the top four teams in Ken Palm I right tweeted now. it out yesterday, um, and like I was like, you can make a case for either a like three or two, maybe one seed for Bama, but you could also make a case for like a seven, <laughs> eight, nine seed, which is yeah, absolutely it's... bonkers. They have wins over Gonzaga, Houston, LSU, Tennessee, Miami, which was end up being a good, you know, a good win, and now Baylor. And but they have losses against Memphis, Iona, Missouri, Davidson, and Georgia, which is absolutely insane. Just like, Missouri and Georgia alone. Davidson's not a bad team. I'm not here no, for Davidson's it. fine. They're a but fine they're, team, but not like they're not a power five, and that, that's a kind of a big deal. I mean, like overall, so just wild, just a wild, wild, wacky year, especially for Alabama being what they were supposed to be. Like they shouldn't lose to a Davidson team. So no, they they definitely should not. Uh, but I mean, when you're looking kind of at the the March Madness feel, there's like barely a team that you can think of. Maybe Memphis, honestly, is the other one, the team that they lost to, that embodies the pure chaos of March Madness more than Alabama yeah. this year. Oh my gosh. It's it's absolutely like they show up for some big games and then it's just they they don't show up for these really bad teams and it's it's frustrating. Uh, to watch as someone who kind of like when they're not playing Kentucky, I want to I want to see Bama win. It's good for the conference if I'm a Kentucky fan. So and because you love Nate Oates, despite what you said on the last episode. Yeah, I, lo- I love it. I love Nate Oates just like I love Rick Pitino and Bruce Pearl and Phil and any other ones. Why are we throwing him in there? But uh... because I do love Bruce Pearl and I'm glad he's got the bag at Auburn. Like we can't go past like we can't talk about college basketball and not bring up the fact that Bruce Pearl just got like an eight-year deal they say yeah. lifetime but it's eight years you know it's, it's whatever i mean yeah it's my mom was like you know they're just gonna can him if he starts sucking and i was like well, i was like yeah but sucking. like that's also like not gonna happen and like the only there are only what two coaches in the country now that have like lifetime deals yeah. and that's cal and bruce pearl so yeah they're not moving on from him anytime soon mostly because i assume that they're going to continue to maintain their success but the only the only thing i could see happening is he's he continues to have you know recruiting issues or something with the ncaa where they'll they're going to want to keep the program clean looking and you know so he'll set them up for some you know hot shot coach to come in and kind of take over which is fine i mean like if you're an auburn fan you can't complain about that you know so i mean like he's building that program that's you you love to see that but you know, we'll we'll talk about the Auburn slander and last call because I got plenty for that. So good. But yeah, Bama upset Baylor, which which was a wild game. Like it was pretty close, neck and neck, and then Bama just out of nowhere just took over JD Davison. Man, that that kid, that kid is finally coming into the player that we thought he could be, and it's taken a little bit. But man, he was so good in that game. UCLA, I called this one. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say living up to his all hair uh, first mm-hmm. team status as well my he dad was Campbell making locked fun down of the backcourt yeah. my dad was making fun of it I was like just wait buddy next year sky clark comes coming to kentucky he has the same hair <laughs> yo he, he hit a he hit a buzzer beater today he did this week too yeah he did that was a wild one so i called ucla over arizona i said i wasn't hiring this arizona team but i'm not high on this ucla team either i think neither team back 12 teams are just kind of like you, you don't know where where to gauge them at this year for the most part I think to have two teams in the top 10 is a little ridiculous because I just, I don't don't know. I think Pac-12 benefited the most from COVID year last year. And so they're getting the, they're getting that same benefit this year. And it's not, it's not translating that well. So 
that was a good game though. I mean, as for if you're a UCLA fan, Tiger Campbell actually showed up and that that's what we we said that it was going to happen. So Stanford upset USC again. That's twice this this year. So you I mean, go trees. Go trees, baby. <laughs> yeah, go trees. I mean, I hate USC, so I'm always <laughs> always happy to see them lose. TCU upset LSU. I was not surprised by this one. I didn't pre- predict this one. Like, I didn't say, like, oh, yeah, TCU is going to come out and beat them. But TCU has a, has a pretty good resume this year. Uh, they play in a tough conference, and they have some sneaky good wins. And But getting LSU, um, when they got LSU at home, it's like you almost lock up that, that win for them because LSU just can't score. I mean, as good as their defense is, their their offense is just as bad. So. I mean, it's a – the SEC has two teams like that with LSU and Tennessee. They're both just incredible defensive teams. But, like, I mean, you, you score 60 points in a game and you can beat them because they just do not have the ability to to put the ball in the basket. Yeah, it, it, it was so weird. That Texas-Tennessee game was as boring as it was for the first 35 minutes. got really interesting in the last five minutes. At 35 minutes in, and and uh, Tennessee had, or I guess it was maybe like, oh no, it was about 35 minutes in. They had 31 points, or yeah, something, something ridiculous like that. And just like, it's amazing that they finished with as many points as they did. But it was just like yeah. really good shooting to close out the game. Which is why couldn't you do that the whole game? I don't get it. We talked about in our in our group chat that last play. I am always a proponent of like I'm, I'm a big fan of you take that highest percentage shot when you only need two. Um, you, if you're down, if you're down one, try and get a two. If you have an absolute like bucket getter that can, that can shoot in the clutch and, and get a three late, then I don't hate the shot. And it wasn't a bad shot at all. That hook and lateral or whatever you want to call it. Dude, they're great. Yeah, design the hook and play. ladder where they ran guys out on both sides. So they yeah. could have thrown it either way. It was, yep. was cool. Great design play, just missed the shot. I, I mean, Kentucky did it last year where they needed a two to tie or three to win, I think, in Mississippi State in the SEC tournament, and just they shot a three. I, I just would rather see you lose on a two than a three because at least with a two, I mean, there you had a chance to win it with a two, so why make why give yourself a little bit harder shot? But, you know, yeah, I mean, we I, all know about mid-range jumpers and how people feel about them. But Yeah, I, I mean – it seems to me that in a late game situation like that, where the defense is on like high alert, the them getting essentially what was ended up being like an in rhythm wide open three is about as good of a shot as you can get, especially when they had all they had at least four, if not five, defenders in the paint. So you like trying to attack the basket and him taking yeah. a dribble there or something and giving the defense time to get to him is. I'd almost rather just them shoot a three. I can see the point. The like, I mean, you don't need three points in that situation. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a it's a matter of like preference. For me, I, I would just rather get the two because there is, even though they rarely call those late fouls, there is more of a chance of you either making the two point shot contested or you miss it, but you get a foul call because it was maybe too much contact, like where you can't go uncalled kind of thing. So at least you get a little bit of a, of a boost from the line there. That's, that's my looking at it. But like I said, if there's a open shoot, like you can't tell me if Kellen Grady's open on the three, like you wouldn't want him shooting that. Cause I mean, that dude's been lights out lately. So 
Man, uh, so that brings us to our next point, the next game, Kentucky upsetting Kansas. We didn't do our Bourbon Basketball Nation show, so we wanted to talk a little bit about that. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time, but it did affect the landscape of college basketball. I mean, the last time that Kansas got upset by like that in their own, or you know, in Allen Fieldhouse was from Kentucky in 1983. I mean, technically last year, but that one, they got beat by Texas by like 18 points or something last year, but it barely counts i think fog allen at that point was like half capacity maybe it was yeah. something that where there were like the arena wasn't full it wasn't a true home like, advantage right kind of exactly yeah. so but still but like, yeah, it's been like since the 80s before that yeah and i mean kansas is a freaking good basketball program has been <laughs> the second best most winning program in college basketball behind kentucky and i mean they're probably are are they gonna win the I don't know where where they stand standing standings wise in the Big Twelve, but I mean they've won eighteen Big Twelve championships or something in a row, and could potentially win the nineteenth. And I know you said the SEC is the better conference, and we beat mm-hmm. them in the Big Twelve SEC championship. I mean, but, it's okay to say that Big Twelve is probably better than SEC this year. <laughs> like yes, in the, the map Big Twelve is ahead. The yeah, Big Twelve like is won, the best. The Big Twelve is absolutely better than Big, the big than SEC yeah, this year. Exactly, and so yeah. and Kansas might win the best conference in the country. And we went into their house. Uh, shout out to the Courtside Connect, uh, Matt Sack. Their podcast, their like their recap episode was, name was <laughs> "Walk in Your" or yeah, "Walk, walk in, in Your fog, fog, Take, take Over Your Fog." Your fog. <laughs> uh, man, good stuff from from Sack there, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like that's we we were talking about how Alabama has what three of the five or six best wins in college basketball this year. This has to be up like near the very top, if not the top four best wins in college basketball. Just considering how dominant Kentucky was from start to finish in a in what is arguably the best home court advantage in the country. The most frustrating part, I, I went back and watched it last night, rewatching it. Just like, I mean, it was amazing. Most frustrating part was we looked better against Auburn in the first 10 minutes of that game than Dude, we did in the first 10 minutes of the yes. of the Kansas game. It's the what if there. It's the what if Ty Ty never went down with an injury. Because he absolutely, you, you can't watch this game yesterday and say Ty Ty doesn't affect it. He had two points. Him and Sevier Wheeler combined for nine points in the game. And they won by 18 on the road against a top five team. Beautiful. So imagine if, you know, like half of Ty Ty's shots fall. You know, like that's the thing is he affects the game so much more than just the scoring column. He had three steals yesterday. He had yeah. what, four, five assists? But it's I mean, either four assists and five rebounds or five assists and four rebounds. Yeah, I don't have the stats pulled up next week, but it's just what he does to this team, it, it just takes him to another level. And it's amazing, like when even people aren't playing their best ball. But sh- we can't we can't talk anymore about this game without mentioning Keon Brooks Jr. Like twenty seven points, career high. You and I had both been in the same boat where it's like we're tired of people talking bad about Keon. Like he doesn't deserve the short leash that he's he's had here at Kentucky for no reason at all, other than he's stayed loyal to this team. He's been here since two thousand nineteen. He's one of the only he's the only player that's been here since twenty nineteen and was on that team that could have made a deep run in the COVID year where they didn't get a tournament. And so for that reason, we keep a shorter leash. Well, he said, screw your leash. I'm going to go off (laughs) and absolutely just make 
fools of everyone. Everyone who called for my scholarship can shove it because I just totally won us this game on the road against a top five team. Talk about his performance, man. What did you see from Keon that we haven't seen before? Because, I mean, there was a lot. So I think one of the big things was just the volume. Um, because, especially Kellen Grady, uh, but honestly, Sevier Wheeler had a great shooting performance too. Yeah, but because we were able to score from like so many different places on the perimeter, Kansas was trying to throw any defense they could at yeah. Um, at Kentucky and trying to slow down the guards, keep Oscar Shibway off the boards, which yep. essentially took everyone and either pushed them towards the three-point line or right underneath the basket, which meant that Keon, who operates exclusively in the mid-range, in that like 10 to 14-foot yeah. range, that was wide open the entire game. So it really wasn't even that he was overly aggressive or was like really pushing, which I think is sometimes – one of the problems that people have with him is that he kind of pushes and yeah. tries to force things when they aren't really there, which I'm completely fine with, but that's a separate point. But like Keon just was able to take what the defense was giving him, mm-hmm. which was essentially that mid range shot that he's so good at. They just gave it to him because they were trying to stop everything else that Kentucky was succeeding at. And I mean, he just, it was automatic. He would just, I mean, catch yeah, he, one, he one dribble, up, your catch and turn just, Easy, easy money from essentially the elbow free throw line area. So it's it's one of those games where I feel like that he does a lot of what he did in Kansas. He does it every game at some point. It just kind of comes in flashes. And yeah. him putting this game together in the volume that he was able to do so, that I think really opened a lot of Kentucky fans' eyes. And hopefully they'll kind of get off his back a little bit because – I tweeted this out a couple weeks ago whenever he had some turnover. Maybe it was against Auburn. And it was like everyone grabs their torches and pitchforks on Kentucky Twitter when Keon does something bad. But then they're the Sandra Bullock, like looking around with the blindfold on in Bird Box whenever he does something well. And this finally like took the blindfold off and made everyone see how good he can be and how much of of an X factor that he can be just adding another person in the rotation of all right this like this Kentucky team really goes as three maybe four people go it's yeah. severe Kellen uh Ty Ty and Oscar like those are the four guys but if you don't have one or two of those four we now have seen both Jacob Toppin and Keon Brooks show up enough where they can offset even a, like the worst of those top four guys like not showing up they oh and Davion Mintz too like he can yeah he's proven that he can do that so yeah. it just kind of is validation for for Keon uh which is super exciting not also like I know Cal I think talked about this in the post game but n- even almost more so than his 27 points which seemed pretty effortless he was nine or ten from the free throw line but he had eight boards and five of those are offensive rebounds yeah like Adding those possessions is just huge. And for someone that is 6'7 and essentially plays that four role, he hasn't really rebounded all that well in the past. So no, getting no. him he's definitely getting him stepped going up there his rebounding. Is... He's definitely stepped up his rebounding. And there was a couple of plays where he like I mean, just a missed shot and he just a collapse on the basket, grabbed the missed shot out of the air and just yammed it back in. Or um, my favorite was he actually took a dribble. Like, he got the shot, took a dribble, 
just bodied whoever was on him. I can't remember, but just bodied him for a tough bucket. Didn't get the foul called, like didn't need it because he, he got the bucket anyway. So it was amazing to see. It, and I think there's a working theory here that, I mean, Kentucky's undefeated when Jacob Toppin makes a three-point shot, right? That's now two games that, that he's made a three-point shot that we're like, okay. Sure. But okay. I love it. Yeah, and, I mean, and you know why he made size. that. You know, you know why he made that three-point shot. Was it? Did you see what shoes he was wearing? Is it the Grinches? Yes, sir. Yeah. He was wearing the Grinches. Yeah, so um, I'm I'm gonna keep tracking that because I think I mean if Kellen Grady or not Kellen Grady, if Jacob Toppin is stretching the floor and, uh, and you know making three-point shots, just go ahead and pack your bags, opponents, because it's hard to stop a Kentucky team that they could get you know good looks from all four perimeter positions at that point if they're playing four out so okay we've talked enough about Kentucky I think we got the point other than we want to shout out Lance Ware Lance Ware stand account amazing game for him love to see it it's paying off him playing against Oscar in practice every day love seeing that kid succeed love it love it love it so let's move on agreed This is Shark Tank Upsets. Each host pitches an upcoming game using stats and reasoning to convince the Sharks to buy in. Sharks can buy a pint, case, keg, or be completely out. This is Shark Tank Upsets, and this week, Beers and Buckets returns to the tank. Shark Tank Upsets, man. It's just you and I this week. So, what are you trying to convince me to buy on this week? Actually, let's switch it up. Let's let's have you go first. I feel like that I always go first. And... That's, fu- that's fine. I mean, I'm I'm cool with this. So, I'm I'm sticking with the SEC this week. We saw what we need to see from some of these teams, right? Against other competition now, Tennessee. We're not too sure they had a they had a late rally, but just fell short with a miss three. Um, Texas A and M. We've seen them play some good games, even in losses. They've had some good games where they've been competitive. And that's what you want to see from SEC teams if you're a fan of an SEC team. So I'm going with Texas A&M over Tennessee this week. I think A&M is really good at getting second-chance buckets. They Tennessee is decent. Like, they don't allow a lot of offensive rebounds, but they can struggle. I mean, it's not like they're perfect. So A&M is – like really underrated on defense. I mean, holding Kentucky to whatever they held them to in like the 60s, they're they're the second in the nation in steals, and Tennessee has a really lackluster offense. Um, So, excuse me, burping this blue paw here. If A&M can trap and cause problems for Kennedy Chandler and Viscovi and kind of do the the things that they did to disrupt Kentucky's offense, um, then I think I think it's not even going to be because it's not even going to be a game because there's not a player like Oscar Sheway on Tennessee's front court that can make up for the problems that A&M was causing in the back court for Kentucky. So, uh, like Fulkerson has to really show up, and it, it's a flip a coin. He's a Jekyll and Hyde player for Tennessee, true, especially this season. So we don't really know what you're going to get from him. You can't bank on that. So I, I really think Texas A&M, even though it's in uh, Thompson Bowling Arena, I think Texas A&M is going to go in there, going to give them hell on defense. And I think a lot of those turnovers are going to lead to easy buckets, which makes Texas A&M look better on offense. And I think they're just going to control the pace of the game like they did against Kentucky, and it's not going to look pretty. What do you think on this one? Mm, yeah, I'll buy I'll buy a I'll buy a case. 
so they're very similar, and I think Tennessee's second in steal percentage, and Texas A&M is third. Um, so it's definitely going to be. I think that'll be a big deciding factor is which mm-hmm. team can turn the other team over. Yeah, just getting live ball turnovers and kind of creating those easy buckets because both teams can struggle to score at times. Yeah. So getting those transition buckets where you're getting an easy two or three points is, is going to be huge. Um, I also just think that, and I think I mentioned this before, but Kennedy Chandler just doesn't deal well with physicality. No. It's one of the things that he needs to get better at as he kind of looks to, to transition to the NBA and Texas A&M, they don't have any incredible stars like, I doubt they'll have someone that ends up on first or second team all SEC. But what they do have are big guards that are strong and can get physical with you. Which yep. is why they were able to give Kentucky problems. Uh, and I just – the it's actually kind of strange because Tennessee normally has had some pretty physical teams. But this team just seems like it's way more – finesse inclined and I can see Texas A&M's physicality and size and length and athleticism really kind of giving them problems at a variety of places. So, uh, I mean, it's, I would obviously feel much better about it if it wasn't at, at, uh, Thompson Bowen. Uh, yeah. I was looking earlier and the SEC is fur is the, is the number one conference in home teams winning. Yep. They win like 64% of the time or something, which is yep. crazy. Uh, so betting against a, a home team in the SEC is is kind of a tall order, but I'm I'm going to go with a case on this one. Yeah, and, and I mean, looking at the box score of the Texas-Tennessee game, Chandler had eight points, three turnovers, four steals, two rebounds, and... That's it. I mean, he didn't have. He finished with zero assists. He had, it was zero for two from three, four for eleven on from field goals. So no free throws. I think Texas played him really physical, and and it kind of bothered him a lot. Uh, like I said, the three turnovers. You gotta love what you see from him with four steals. But I mean, we know that Texas's guards aren't that great either. So uh, they're not. They're definitely not as physical as Texas A&M's guards are. So. Could be problems, like you said. Um, Viscovi finished with three points against Texas with four fouls, one turnover, three steals, four assists, five rebounds. So, like, he had, he was kind of all over the place, not a great scoring option. If, if Viscovi's your best scorer, though, you're not winning a game. So, like, right. right. So, you know, you kind of take what you can get from him. I mean, Z- Ziegler was the best player for Tennessee on Saturday. It wasn't close. He's the one that brought them back with some clutch hit- shots at the end. So I think I think if, like I said, if, if Texas A&M shows up and they're not scared, if they're not trying to be punked, I mean, I think it's going to be their game. If they, if they show any sign of just, like, being timid because they're on the road, uh, it's going to be tough for them to overcome that. So – that's where I'm. That's where I'm at with it. But I just looking at the schedule. This one just stuck out to me, just because I know how bad Tennessee's offense is. I think Texas A&M's defense can really cause some problems for them. So, all right, what are you pitching me? All right, so I'm gonna go against everything that I hold dear. I know what you're pitching. What? I know which one you're doing. Go ahead, hit me. 
And what do you think it is? It's, you're you're picking a Danny Manning team, aren't you? Yes, yes. I sadly am. I'm picking Maryland <laughs> over Michigan State. Oh, it makes me so mad to do this. Um, <laughs> but it's, I mean, it. I think there are a lot of games that are going to be essentially pick'ems, which, as we have talked about before, are I'm very anti picking yeah. those games uh, for upsets. So yeah, this is this is one. I I think BYU Gonzaga was the other one. Uh, they play at at BYU. That was probably going to be like a three or four point, uh, yeah, upset. If so, like that was the other one I was I was considering. But no, I mean, just looking at this, Maryland has. Hey, I am surprised anytime they win a game, but they uh, they got that upset last week, uh, and this game is on a Tuesday night at seven o'clock on ESPN two at Maryland. Looking at the at the at the metrics, it doesn't seem on paper like that it really should be something. So like, I know that that's not a great pitch, but yeah, Maryland no, has the si- Maryland has the size to match up with Michigan State, um, and I think a lot of the the fact that I'm picking this is just that it is kind of on the road or on the road for Michigan State at, yeah. at home for for Maryland and the. I think Michigan State is kind of one of the more underrated teams and their size is a big reason why they have been able to win. That they don't have anyone that really stands out as huge other than Marcus Bingham, but they just do such a great job of defending bigger than they than they are, I guess. Uh and so I'm just I think that Maryland has a size in their front court to kind of negate him. And can do a better job on Max Christie, great Gabe Brown, um, Malik Hall, Joey Hauser, guys like that that are kind of those six eight six nine guys that that Michigan State is is pulling out. And then uh, just a shout out to Fats Russell on the All Name yep. team. I was uh, going to bring him up. Yeah, got to get him. Got to get him a shout out. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I I'm going to buy a pint on this. I'm. So me buying a pint is just like, I appreciate you doing this and I'm going to be keeping tabs on it. Do I think it's going to actually happen? Probably not, but you know what? I'll give it a little taste. I'll give it a little try. And if it, if it hits, it hits. If it doesn't, I should have, you know, like I, I shouldn't have bought, but um, I, you've seen Maryland plays like when, when at home on the road, they suck, but at home they've gotten a couple of good wins. So you could definitely make the case here. I just think Big Ten, we've talked about it in nauseam, like Big Ten basketball is super overrated this year. And uh, kind of just, you know, so like take what you can get from it. But when some of your best teams go into Maryland and lose, like that's just sad. So I think Michigan State can lose. I think Izzo can be like, all right, enough's enough. We're going to stop this and uh, keep rolling this train because they did roll Michigan. Uh, this past weekend so on Saturday. So, yeah, I'm going to buy a pint on this. I think I think this is a good pitch. I think it's it's admirable that you're uh, you're giving up your Danny Manning hate just to just to believe in the unbelievable. So, yeah, I'm here for it, buddy. Thanks. I'm trying to trying to learn from my mistakes. <laughs> All right, let's move on. One of the greatest presidents in our history, Ben Franklin, once said, Beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. 
none of what I just said is actually true, but who cares because beer. This is the part of the episode where each of us reviews a beer that we've either never had before or we just highly recommend. Let's drink. All right, go ahead and uh, what you drinking tonight, man? Um, so I'm actually going to take a playbook out of the Bourbon Basketball Nation since we combined the two episodes. And I have been sipping on this thing throughout, so it's a little bit down at the bottom. But this is one of my favorite cocktails to make at home. It's called a Forbidden Sour. It's called Forbidden Sour because it has bourbon, pomegranate liquor, and lemonade and apparently you're not supposed to mix bourbon and pomegranate but you do for this and it's really really good um do you know why like did they have you ever heard why they don't i think it's some sort of like flavor clash thing i don't know oh okay Um, so not like you would die or anything (laughs) no no no. it's not like like you combine the two it becomes poisonous uh yeah i don't think like a bleach and pneumonia Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm through this much, and I had it before, so I'm still still kicking. So still I don't kicking. Think that's the case. <laughs> uh, but but no, it's it's really good. I I think I made it with Makers tonight, but either Four Roses Small Batch or Basil Hayden are usually my two go tos um, on the bourbon side. So I mean, I can do a little taste test here. It's so good. I actually, so one of the things that I like to do with it, it calls for a, like an ounce of simple syrup, but I do maple syrup instead to give it a little oh, bit more yeah. like flavor profile. Canadian. Yeah. Shade so and sharp good. approved. Exactly. You must and, not be named approved. <laughs> all star Andrew Wiggins approved. Yeah. It's <laughs> so frustrating that he is a stupid all star. Um, but no, so it's it's good. I have two little bourbon cherries in there as well from Woodford Reserve that are going to be my treat at the end of the episode. So I'm hmm. I'm very excited. So what's your like go to bourbon? Like you said, Four Roses or what? Uh, Basil Hayden. Okay. I normally like the I, lighter bourbons. Yeah, I I'm a big fan of Larceny. I had that before, loved it, and I also really like Bullet. Um, but I mean, like, I have a I have an uncle that works at uh, Buffalo Trace, so I so I enjoy Buffalo Trace a lot as well. Uh, funny story about Buffalo Trace, just real quick, since we have a little bit of time, since it's just you and I. Um, so my uncle, you remember that show, The Call of the Wild Man? I think is what it was called. Yeah, uh, yeah, like the Turtle Man guy or whatever. Like he would come in. So obviously it's a reality show. It's all scripted. They they contacted Buffalo Trace. They wanted to come in and say like, oh, like they wanted to fix their rodent problem that they quote unquote had. So they get, they you know, they're filming my uncle's on set, you know, like doing, going, getting the interviews, all this stuff. He's making up the story about how they're having a raccoon problem. They bring the wild man in to come fix it, blah, blah, blah. They released like seven raccoons, but only rounded up four. <laughs> it actually ended up with a raccoon problem after the show. Like they didn't have a problem before, and then the raccoon kept on getting into the corn and the feed and stuff. And it's just like we didn't have a problem, but now we do. I mean, like it got their brand. Not that they needed any like brand reputation, but it got them on TV, and that was cool. But yeah, my uncle told me that story it was that was funny. So shout out to uh the turtle man dude the turtle man so this is just so classic kentucky we're gonna get made fun of for this but the turtle man came out to my like family has a farm that has gone back for 
like since like Revolutionary War times. That's how long it's been in our family, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, but Turtleman came out to see if we could, if he could do some filming in a couple of our ponds that we have on our farm. I don't think mm-hmm. he ended up doing it. Uh, but that's my first story on the Turtleman. Second story on the Turtleman. I had a uh, a teacher in high school. It was our like ninth grade social studies teacher. She would also she also taught psychology. And the only thing she ever did for that class, like the entire year, was just show Criminal Minds episodes. <laughs> so like, there are a bunch of people in my high school Solid. class that have seen like every Criminal Minds episode at least once because they got through like every episode <laughs> uh, in that class. But her son, I think, was his like right hand man. So she would always come okay. in with stories about about the Turtle Man. Uh, yeah, just just so classic Kentucky. Shout out to the turtle man. Okay, so I am. I went out on a limb. I'm not a stout guy, like at all. Don't really care for it. But I, I saw this peanut butter chocolate milk stout. Um, trying to show it. This makes great for podcasting. If I use this video, <laughs> whatever. Like, there's not even a name for it. They literally called it peanut butter chocolate milk stout. Normally, there'd be a funny name for it, or whatever, but there isn't. So it made me like. It's like it either is really good or really bad, but we're going to try it. Uh, again, not a stout person, so if I hate it, that doesn't mean it's a bad beer. It's just probably no, don't care for stouts. But it's by Lost Coast Brewing out in California, and it is a milk-slash-sweet stout, 5.6 ABV, a smooth and creamy milk stout, deep, rich sweetness with layers of coffee, toffee, prunes, raisins, and roasted peanuts, brewed with lactose to give a full mouthfeel, well-balanced. I hate that term, full mouthfeel. Make, yeah, that's just bothers the heck out of me. Don't like it. Don't like it at all. It reminds me of when Michael Scott reviews a wine in the office. He says it, it's if this is a white, and then you know another episode is it <laughs> has a little bit of an oaky ap- afterbirth. Um, but we'll try it. I don't love the smell of it. Uh. Okay, that's pretty dang good i can't i can't lie that's really good that's what we like to see oh man it's a dessert beer by by all means i mean definitely I mean, not most, something most people yeah, most stouts stouts are. yeah i've never had one before like i said so i don't i didn't know what to expect but i mean the you're not going to eat this or drink this while eating wings you're not going to drink it like crush them watching a football game this is definitely like something that you probably mix some like baileys with or something and Ooh, you know do something really a little good. creamy you know maybe if you want if you're a, if you're an alcohol and float kind of guy i'm just not a big sweet with alcohol kind of person but this is really tasty and i hate it that it's tasty because i don't think i've had a bad beer on this podcast and i think it's kind of unfair for bad beers but you know like there's got to be one out there but as soon as i get behind a camera or behind a microphone they taste good i don't get it so no i mean yeah it's it's good i, I like it i i like it you, you you got me this time stouts uh i, say, I, feel, like stout, I feel like stouts and porters are always like surprisingly good I think maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just going in with like super low expectations, so it's kind of easier to exceed. So like maybe like to compare it to something basketball related, it was just the entire like 2020 to 2021 basketball <laughs> season. You know, like my expectations for this season, that season were just so low across the board. Other than thinking Kentucky was supposed to be a decent team because 
you know, whatever, not having a point guard kind of shot that in the foot. But, you know, like uh, when you have teams like Oklahoma State upsetting Tennessee in the second round or you have like a play-in team in UCLA making the Final Four, low expectations, high results. I mean, that's how I feel about this peanut butter chocolate stout. So didn't see that coming. And, uh, I mean, would I drink it again? Yeah. Am I going to go out buy a six-pack and keep you know, keep it in the fridge for – you know, like for a while, no, like it'll be one of those things that, you know, like if I'm out and I'm you know feeling a little sweet, but I don't want to eat a chocolate cake, you know, grab this peanut butter chocolate stout. There you, you know, go. I can do that. I mean, probably just as bad for me, but you know, at least I don't feel as bad about it. So true. Yeah. So yeah, I would drink it again. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Rocky versus Apollo, Daniel LaRusso versus Johnny Lawrence, Ali versus Frazier. What do they all have in common? They were absolute throwdowns. This is the part of the show where we discuss some throwdown games in college basketball this week. All right, so we have a lot of games coming up this week. The first half of the week, for the most part, is kind of weak. Um, just not a lot there. Tuesday, a little bit. Tuesday's pretty solid. Tuesday's, Tuesday's a little solid, but I mean, Saturday is loaded. I mean, there's so many games Saturday that kind of just outshines every other day of the week for basketball. So Monday, the 31st, we have Duke at Notre Dame. What are you thinking? So Notre Dame is, is pretty solid, especially at home. I'm actually going to go Notre Dame on this. Blake Wesley Outside of Paolo Bancaro, Bancaro, and maybe AJ Griffin, like Blake Wesley might be the second person drafted from this game. He's he's really yeah. kind of turned it on, and uh, so yeah, I'll go I'll go Notre Dame in a close one. Yeah, I have that same feeling. I think it's going to look similar to that Kentucky game. Maybe Paolo Bancaro shot falls their way and gives Duke the late lead or something like that, but. I mean, Duke struggled with a head coachless Louisville this past weekend. I mean, one by nine, I think. So it's not like they look like the world beaters we thought they were at the beginning of the season. So they definitely have some flaws. Uh, so yeah, give me Notre Dame in this one by like three. Um, but it's it's almost like a pick 'em, even though it shouldn't be. It, it almost is. Notre Dame's a good team, and we said that from since Kentucky lost to them. Like everyone doubting Kentucky for that loss, it's not a bad loss anymore. So uh, everyone can suck it. No, it really wasn't then either. But then we have West Virginia at Baylor. Uh, I'm going to go Baylor on this one. West Virginia just stinks. It's Baylor at, at home. Uh, West Virginia, like, in uh, in West Virginia is different. I just don't want them. I don't think that they're – I don't think Baylor's going to take two losses in a row like that. So, yeah, It's hard to see Baylor taking, taking two L's. And – I don't know. They seem just like very similar teams. Plus, uh, you said this is at Baylor, right? Yeah, it's at Baylor. Yeah. If it was at West Virginia, maybe, but 
No, I think I think Baylor wins this one. Yeah. Okay, so Tuesday we're into February basketball now. Creighton at UConn. What do you think? This is February. Isn't that the the Jeff Ron, John Rothstein quote? Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I was that was a bad joke. What what game did you? All of his jokes are bad. What so game it's okay. did, Shut up. What game did you ask? Not name yours. No, not yours. Not all your oh, his jokes. All his jokes oh, yeah, are bad. Yeah, yeah. All his t-shirts. Oh man. Freaking more consistent than my cousin Vinny on a Sunday, rainy Sunday, or whatever he says. It's so stupid. Anyways, it's Creighton at UConn. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I like this Creighton team, but UConn is quietly one of the better teams in the country. They're 17th on Ken Palm compared to Creighton, who is 69, which is nice. But nice. I don't think it's nice enough to no. to get them over the hump here. So I'll go UConn by, like, six or eight, something like that. Yeah. All Big East teams have the same energy. We've said that before, and I'll yeah. say it again. They're <laughs> yeah. all like the same type of – they just have the same energy. I mean, colors, everything. But, yeah, like UConn in this one, they're the only team to upset – or not upset because they were, I think, higher ranked than Auburn at the time. But they're the only team that beat Auburn this season. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about Auburn in my last call. But UConn is a good basketball team. They got hot early, lost a little bit of that momentum, gaining it back. They're going to beat Creighton. But I have no problem with that. Then we have Kansas at Iowa State. Uh, I have Kansas to bounce back at this one. I know it's a road game, but they just got absolutely pummeled by Kentucky, and they can't take another loss like that. And Iowa State, I've said before, I'll say it again, is overrated this season. I think, yeah, they had like, what, eight wins last year or whatever it was, but that doesn't mean they need to be favored in every game, every matchup, especially against a better Kansas team. I think Ojai Baji is going to absolutely go nuclear because – He's pissed that he only got held to 13 points. What do you think about that one? You know, I think Agbaji needs to really have a big bounce back game. He was, I think he still might be the betting favorite for player of the year, but it definitely took a... Which is stupid. I agree, but <laughs> uh, it definitely took a hit Yeah, uh, over the weekend. So I expect him to have a bounce back game. And kind of like you said with Baylor, you don't see them losing twice in a row. I don't see Kansas losing two games in a row. So no. I don't, there's a very few big ten big ten teams that I think would lose two in a row. Iowa State is one that we can't we can't see. Baylor did actually lose two in a row uh before the season, so I don't think they're due for another one again. Uh so yeah, I I definitely, definitely uh think Kansas is gonna take this one. We have a kind of a gross game, but I wanted to include it because might might as well. It's gonna be fun. UNC at Louisville Tuesday night. What do you think about that one, Mr. Uh, ACC basketball deviant over here? That's uh, – I don't think you're using the word deviant the no, way that you want to use it. Um, <laughs> I don't think that word means what you think it means. No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Lowell's bad. Like, really bad. But they're better without Coach Max. Somehow. That is true. They actually have a <laughs> – they play better without him, and they actually play Duke pretty good. That's true. Sense. I think that, I mean, and if there is a kind of like a trap game scenario for North Carolina with them hosting Duke later on in the week, I guess this could be like a place where they lose a game. I still just like, it's hard to bet on Louisville to win anything, uh, especially at the chicken bucket. Mm, I'll go. I'll go North Carolina by like five. And North Carolina is as uh, fluky as Bama's been. North Carolina has been pretty fluky too. I mean, like they had, they've had some uh, 
really bad losses, like double digit losses. That's just gross. And they've had some really not like big wins because they weren't big opponents, but they won big as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of hard to see which UNC team shows up. I'm going to go UNC here as well. Just Louisville's, I mean, the, the magic that they had of like, which is funny that their their best wins this season have come without Mac, you know, right. like against Maryland when Maryland was ranked and, you know, like in that Orlando tournament and all this stuff. So uh, you know, they played Duke pretty well. I mean, they could easily take this one, I think, UNC, like, can, you know, like I think Louisville's guards can, you know, get past UNC's guards and cause some problems for, for them. For sure, but, I could I mean, beat UNC's guards off the dribble, but. Exactly. So, I mean, it just depends on which Louisville and which UNC team show up, but I'm just going to go with UNC on this one. Then we have Alabama at Auburn. I like I like Alabama to upset this one. I think they're they're riding high off that Baylor win. I think Auburn has had a couple of close games here. They even had a close game with Oklahoma at home. So Auburn's due for just a loss because it's it's time. You know they they have the lo- longest uh, winning streak right now is seventeen. All their big wins coming at home except for the one uh, win against Bama on the road. And you know I'll talk about that more later. But just that Bama's Bama's hungry here. They they're fighting for a good seed position here, and they need this win so they can go ahead and add it to their impressive win list with so they can overshadow how bad some of their losses have been. What do you think on this one? I just it's hard to imagine Auburn losing at home. Yeah, because they get like nineteen more free throws. Uh you said it, not me. <laughs> but yeah. No, I mean it's Alabama kind of seems like they're in the perfect position to drop one, if not both, of their games this week. They're coming off a huge win against Baylor. They go on the road at at Auburn and then host Kentucky at home on Saturday, which I'm sure we'll get to. For Kentucky's sake, I kind of hope they win just so that they're continuing <laughs> to ride high. Uh, yeah. But I, I think Auburn by 14. I think they get oh, one. Oh, wow. Out. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it could happen. Katie Johnson could also just have a bad game, and that just ruins everything for Auburn because he's late. He's the late game monster. I mean, he is Rico, and he just swallows whatever you know defense that they give them. You know, I'm the Bernie. How he, I'm the Bernie Sanders meme where it's like I am once again asking you. That's me saying I'm once again asking you why don't we give the ball to Jabari Smith every time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true but katie johnson he is their clutch guy he's the guy that they go to they rely rely on late game situations i think if alabama could get him in foul trouble i mean make jabari smith the guy beat you because he's gonna he's gonna beat you 20 minutes 25 minutes whatever but we haven't seen him do it in the clutch i mean he had a couple of clutch shots against we haven't seen him in the clutch because they don't give him the ball there's a reason there's a reason, and maybe it's because they have gone to him when, like, against UConn, and they lost. I don't know. I think I don't know. I, I think, it could I think be a they rely game. on the SEC. I think they rely on the, the experience that Katie Johnson brings, and and just he he is tough. I mean, like, I mean, he is a tough player. He's ugly. Uh, wow. It's so hard to watch. He, he's not ugly. He's a good looking dude. He is an ugly dude. <sighs> so yeah, uh, give me give me. Um, 
Bama in this one. I just want, I just need to see Auburn get humbled a little bit. And then we have for our Texas Tech listeners, shout out to our Red Raiders. Let's go. Texas at Texas Tech. This is a home game for Texas Tech, man. Those, like, this isn't even going to be a competition. Texas is not, like, honestly, like, if we didn't, even if we didn't have Texas Tech listeners and we weren't pandering to them, I really don't think Texas stands a chance in this game. Yeah. Like, no. I just really think Texas Tech is that much better. Texas has no offense and their defense is subpar, you know, like they, they I mean, they let Tennessee come back and Tennessee has a really bad offense. So uh, give me Texas tech by like 15 in this one. Yeah. I mean, I think this is, this is a pretty clear Texas tech win. If this was at Texas, it might be a little different of a story. Yeah. In terms but of once they get swag surfing going in, in Lubbock, you, you, there's no stopping them. And that song produces elite vibes. Uh, it does. Nah. I'd... So fun fact, I did see this today. I re-quote tweeted it because our followers just gotta love it. In the last eight seasons, including this season, Texas Tech is sixty-three and one in non-conference home games. Do you know which home game that they dropped I, to a non-conference opponent? I do. Opponent? It's against Kentucky, correct? Yeah. Yeah, it is. So that that is a, a crazy statistic. Now, I know this is a conference game, so kind of throw that out the window, but just that's how much of a home atmosphere that Texas Tech provides. For having an up-and-coming program, it's pretty awesome. So, yeah, man, uh, give me Texas Tech on this one. Yeah, I agree. All right, Wednesday we have Notre Dame at Miami. I think Miami takes this one uh, because it's at Miami. What do you got? Yeah, dude, this is going to be a great matchup of Blake Wesley versus the three-headed monster that Miami has at guards. Um, yeah. Also, got to keep in mind, Notre Dame's playing Monday night, so that's that's a short turnaround oh, for them to fly to that. Miami. Yeah. That's uh, that's why another reason why I have Miami going on this one, too. Yeah, I think this will be close. Uh, I was kind of leaning towards Notre Dame until you said that they're playing two games in three days. So I'll, I'll go to Notre Dame as well, but wouldn't be shocked if Miami pulls this one away by yeah. five, six points. Um, Wisconsin at Illinois. Ew. Um, <laughs> Both ranked at the time, but that that's probably going to change. Uh, I think I think Illinois will stay ranked. Wisconsin drops. I, I think is what's happening. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go Illinois on this one, just because I am anti Johnny Davis. Yeah, anti Johnny Davis. Illinois at home. If they have Kofi Coburn, no one stop. No one Wisconsin stopping him. Just feed him in the post and. Let him go to work. Yeah, Illinois like this one. Uh, Villanova at Marquette. Shaka Smart, tough Doge meme. Marquette. I like. I like Marquette in this one. I'm not going to go against him now. He gets him at home. That's. I can't go against him now. He's he's proven. He's absolutely proven my meme to be true this year. Yeah, you're you're very on brand with that one. I'm going Villanova. Okay. Uh, Thursday night, the rematch of the. South Florida Warriors, I mean, Bulls, they absolutely lit up UCF when they played before. And uh, I, I got to go with the Golden Knights, man. I got to go with my wife's alma mater. Give me UCF in the rematch. They played Houston well for the most part. You know, needed a couple of things to go their way. Just didn't get them. I think they're going to be hungry. Uh, so, yeah, give me UCF. I would just like to point out that there's a thing if you sort on Ken Palm by day you can go and look at every game that is playing it'll give you the prediction the time the location if it's on a tv channel but it also gives you a thrill score that is Ken Palm's 
like estimation of how exciting the game is going to be. <laughs> uh, and it has it ranked like if you get a game in the like above 75, that's normally like really high. I think 83 is the highest I can remember seeing it. Uh, if you go back and look at past days, they'll also tell you how much the team came back from if they were down and the actual excitement score. So you can kind of compare and look. So if you're ever looking to see like, oh, what game should I go check out from last night? Uh, that's a that's a good thing. But there are a lot of games on uh, on Thursday. There are 77 games. I had to scroll down because <laughs> this UCF USF <laughs> game is 66th out of 77 on the the thrill score. So don't care this, rematch. This is just a, on I four a a bitter rivalry that should produce some wonderful basketball. Um, no, I it's, it shouldn't even be a rivalry to begin <laughs> with because USF is really bad at sports, like basketball, football, like they they're really bad at sports, but. Uh, you uh, just love it. This I is honestly, the war I for, man. I love that it is a that it is a rivalry, though. Um, I mean, I feel like I gotta go USF, right? It, they're just, gonna be the big underdog, but I can't pick against the Bulls. If they're shooting travels, I mean, yeah, like they're, they're gonna be fine. God, that one you that one game I went live was crazy. That I thought about, like I seriously thought about. It. It's like, hey, you know, Morgan, can you get some tickets for this game? Can we go <laughs> Thursday night, stay over, and you know, like go work Friday morning for you know remotely or whatever. <laughs> you know, deciding not to. All right, Friday, uh, the fourth St. Bonaventure at Richmond. I know this isn't a, like a crazy game, but these are two teams that are bubble teams, and you know we need to be paying attention to them now. So, what are you what are you thinking on this one? I mean, I gotta go. Gotta go with the spiders here. Uh, can't can't go against my team. I guess they're what my third. I guess they're my fourth team now that we have Texas Tech on the yeah. on the docket. Uh, but yeah. no, I'll I'll go Richmond in a close one. Richmond has actually played a couple of really close games over the they past have, yeah. past couple of weeks that have been really exciting to to keep up with. So yeah, I'll go. I'll go spiders here. Yeah, a little A ten action. I'll go with uh, Richmond as well, but I think St. Bonaventure could take this one. Uh, but it's, I mean, home games definitely play a factor, and so I think that's that's going to happen. Um, Friday, Creighton at Seton Hall. I like Creighton in this one. Seton Hall just been kind of up and down all year. So is Creighton, but I just think Creighton has a better team overall. So I'm just going to go rely on that. What are you thinking? Yeah, Seton Hall's lost four of their last five, which is. Not great. They should be able to get a get kind of back on the the winning train against Georgetown on the road. Um, yeah, Georgetown's bad. I don't know how long Patrick Ewing is going to stay. It's one of the reasons why I don't like hiring former players, former players if you can, yeah. just because it makes it so much harder for them to fire. Yep. Like you, yeah. you, like, and, like, and you just never know like how they're going to be co- as coaches. Exactly. Like, if they have coaching experience somewhere else and proven like they can be a good coach. Then I think it'll be a, a decent hire, but you know, like if they have zero head coaching experience, it's tough, man. It's really it tough. Is. You get the you get the pennies, you get the you get the Patrick Ewings. Um. So yeah. Yeah. No. I. I'll go Seton Hall. I'll I'll have them bounce back. They have a they have a tough stretch. Goes Creighton, Xavier, Nova, Connecticut. So this will kind of get yeah. them back on the back on the the winning side before they go into that into that stretch all right you ready for this one saturday's loaded let's let's bounce through these real quick yukon at villanova 
Um, yeah, so for context on that throw score where I was saying that 75 is pretty solid, there are two games uh, on Saturday that are at essentially 84 and above, which is a very good sign for the basketball we should be getting. Um, you said UConn-Villanova. Yeah. I mean, Villanova, especially at home, it's, a, it's an early an early tip too, which I feel like kind of usually favors the home team just because it's always kind of seems weird to play a game that early. It's at noon. Uh, so I'll go Villanova by five. Yeah, I had uh, UConn winning earlier and Nova losing to Marquette. I'm going to go Villanova on this one. It's at home. They need to bounce back after the Marquette uh, loss. So, yeah, give me Nova. Illinois, Indiana. I'm going to go Illinois here. I think Indiana Bloomington's tough to play. Uh, but, you know, Illinois needs some needs – some, even though they're – I think they're the top three or they're not, if not, they're one in the Big Ten – I think they need to continue that success here. So give me Illinois uh, over Indiana just because Indiana kind of not that great this year too. Mm, yeah, I'll go. I'll go Trace Jackson Davis with a with a state and game against Illinois, and they pull out a an overtime win in Bloomington. Ooh, ooh, I like it. All right, no uh, no bias here. I need I need totally unbiased here. Wake Forest at FSU. I like Wake in this one. I would never be biased. That is something <laughs> I would never do. Uh no, Wake shoot Wake, Wake decided to ruin my my Saturday uh, after the after riding high on the Kentucky win against Kansas <laughs> and turned the ball over like twenty times and Buddy Bayheim went off. He did not get his Mr. career nepotism. high though. Uh yeah, Mister Nepotism. No, he had his, <laughs> he had thirty. His career high is thirty one. So he had thirty for probably the last ten minutes of the game and didn't score. And I was like. For the final 10 minutes, the only thing I wanted Wake to do was I knew we were going to be able to come back. So I was just like, please do not let Buddy Beheim get his career high. Uh, we should be able to get like a have a get right game on Wednesday against, against Pitt at home. And mm-hmm. I expect us to, to go down to Florida State. I think we match up pretty well against Florida State. We beat them 76-54 at home. So it's clear that we do match up pretty well against them. So yeah. I'm going to go I'm going to go Wake getting a a – Road ACC win. Yep, yep, I agree. Um, Texas Tech at West Virginia. I mean, Texas Tech, I think that they're, a lot of times they're just a better version of a lot of the Big 12 teams, and this is one of those cases, so. Yeah, West Virginia, I'm just not high on them, even though it's in Morgantown, I'm not high on them, so give me Texas Tech. Iowa State at Texas, I'm going to go with, Iowa State on this one. I have them losing earlier in the week against Kansas, so I need to. They they're not going to take two losses in a row like that again. And Texas, I can see them taking two losses in a row like that. So, uh, yeah, give me Iowa State in this one. Uh, I'll go Texas. I think the big deciding factor here is that it's at home, and like we said, I mean Texas, I think is a little overrated, but I think Iowa State is also overrated. So. Give me the give me the home team to win here, but I don't have a yeah. strong opinion either way. This one's gonna be tough. Baylor at Kansas. Shoo. You said at Kansas, man. Fog yeah. Allen. That place would be so cool to go see a game. By the way, it I would feel be. like that that would have to be the if you're picking just a game to go to. It's got to be Fog Allen, in my opinion. Granted, I've also been to Cameron Indoor Stadium, so that's probably not as high, but. I'll I'll go Baylor in a close one, although I think uh, Agbaji just absolutely goes berserk. 
Yeah, I, it's tough because Baylor's got a really good defense, but their offense has just been question marks. And then Kansas' offense is pretty good for the most part, but their defense has been question marks. So it's like, which one's going to show up? Um, being that it's at Fog Allen, I'm going to go Kansas here just because I think they're going to be, you know, like they're not going to take another whooping like they did against Kentucky at home and for another 30 years. So, uh, you know, like it's not going to start a week from after, you know, so I'm just going to go with Kansas here. Um, yeah, if they, USC, if, if they lose, ahead. if they lose to Baylor at home, that would be 10% of all of the over 10% of all of Bill Self's losses at home in his, which is insane. He has more career. big 12 titles. He has more Big 12 titles than, than he does losses, losses at home. It's yeah. wild. Unreal. Um, USC at Arizona. I have USC here, even though I don't really care for them. I don't really care for Arizona either. I think they're just both overrated Pac-12 teams. But uh, I think USC is going to take it here. Could go like could be a flip a coin kind of game, but I'm just gonna get USC. Yeah, this is actually this will be a good game to catch these two teams if you haven't watched them yet. Uh, it's at five o'clock on Fox, so it should be a widely accessible game, and it's not at the like ungodly late hours of the night. So definitely try and watch this if you can. I'm going Arizona. I just think they're Fair, a, yeah. a more efficient team. Um, Isaiah Mobley is is really good, but but Matherin for USC or Matherin for Arizona is even better. Um, I'll go I'll go Arizona pretty comfortably. Yeah, uh, Duke at UNC. I I mean, if UNC the like weren't, weren't weren't jokes about it, like weren't jerks about it, and just you know actually appreciated one of the greatest coaches of all time. Uh, and actually honored him in their last matchup against each other, then I'd say, you know, like maybe UNC, but Duke's going to beat them. Duke's nope. Gonna beat them. UNC is like, it makes me like UNC so much that they're not giving Coach K the the farewell tour. I just hate farewell tours in general. So it Fair enough. it cracks me up that they're not giving him some, some tribute video. Like it, in the grand scheme of things, they should because, like you said, he's yeah. probably the greatest coach of all time, if not um, number one, like top three. But like, they should give him a tribute, like some sort of thing. They need to do something. It's like just a little bit. They don't have to freaking hang a jersey up for no. him or anything. Like just say, like, "Hey, thank you for the fun rivalry." That's all you got to say because that's what it's been. True. It's been a fun rivalry. True. You know, like it's not like he's absolutely dominated them, and it's not like they dominated Duke. So. I mean, you're eight miles down the road from each other, and you're not gonna like acknowledge that that the guy's been there for forty something years. It's, like, come it's on. so petty. I love it. It is. I'm going. So I'm going North Carolina. I think I've already picked against Duke once this week, which seems questionable because they probably aren't gonna lose both of them. But that's why. That's why I'm picking Duke. Let's here. go UNC gonna, on this one. I just don't think. I don't think he's gonna take. They're gonna take two losses in a week. But uh, yeah, give me Duke. But also like. You know, dude, Coach K is not pulling any starters. They can be up by fifty. He's not going to pull any starters for that. He's like, that's not that's for not tributing me. Uh, and then we have Kentucky at Alabama. We talked a little bit about this. It's going to be a tough road game. I think Kentucky pulls it out. Uh, they just, I mean, road games have zero effect on this Kentucky team. We've seen that uh, time and time again. As long as so, our ankles stay healthy. Yeah. Like, also, that's man. just not true because they lost at Notre Dame. But would. We'll throw that out. 
that pretty much was the wake-up call that Kentucky needed. And ever since then, they've been absolutely great on the road outside of injuries. So, uh, but yeah, give me give me Kentucky in this one. And and really, like how how nervous were you in that first like ten minutes of the Kansas game? You're just like, please don't be an injury. Please don't be an injury. Keon Brooks went down early, and I didn't even see that because the freaking end of the Baylor Alabama game, you, like you couldn't even watch part of it, you know. So. I was just like, God, if we if we lose somebody in this game, I'm going to put a hole in the wall. Like, my name is Kyle now. I drink Monster Energy drinks, and there's going to be punch and drywall left and right. Oh, it would have been God, justified. So um, no, I. Man, this game should be fun. This these are two teams that well, one team that loves to bomb it from three, and one team that does very well when they shoot from three. So, I hope that this. I hope we almost. I think that. There are very few styles of play that Kentucky can't win doing. And a lot of times they've kind of made teams play like they want to play, but it'd almost yeah. be more fun for this game to go where we kind of start playing like Alabama wants to play and just get out and run because I think we can very much beat them at their own game. So I'm going to go Kentucky here. Um, especially oh, with Alabama my, coming my, off of their Auburn game. What's ridiculous about this Kentucky team is how underrated their defense is. I mean, they held Ojai Baji to three points in the first half of that Kansas game. Which is which crazy is because tough. Kellen Grady was on him for the, like a I lot know, of that game, like, which is and he's not a great defender. Like, so that that's just how like this Kentucky team. If you haven't already noticed, and I know we're fans, and I know we're going to sound biased, but I promise you, look at the stats, watch the games. Outside of a really weird Notre Dame loss, they haven't had a bad loss. And even that it wasn't a bad loss, we talked about that before. But they haven't had, like, bad games other than just fluky injuries and just weird games. So uh, all things – I mean, like I, like I said, I know we're fans, but please, please, please take our word for it when we say this is this is a championship-level Kentucky team. I mean, they're, so, up, yeah. to, they're up to three in Ken Palm right now. Which yeah, should. I mean, like if you don't if you don't buy it now, like you're you're kind of dumb for that at this point. All right, Sunday, I only found one game that I thought was super interesting: Houston at Cincinnati. Houston, we know, it's had struggles, um, but they're also a top ten team. I think Cincinnati can easily, like, I mean, the way that Cincinnati played Arkansas earlier this year. A couple other teams that they show up. They can uh, get by Houston here. I'm not going to bet against Houston. I think I still think Houston pulls it out, but it'd be a good game to watch. So, uh, what do you think on this one? Yeah, no, I, I almost picked this for my upset. I considered it. Um, I honestly think Houston ends up p- pulling it out, but it definitely is is one to keep in mind. I also did want to shout out. Actually, there are two games on Sunday that I think are cool. Either looking at bubble teams or potential tournament teams that will win that could win their conference or looking at really, really high-impact players. So Loyola Chicago plays Missouri State on Sunday, and that should pretty much end up being a pick Those two teams are, are really even. And then Wyoming is at Fresno State, and Fresno State has a seven-footer that is just an absolute stat, like stat sheet stuffer. Um, say that five times fast. He's up to fourth. <laughs> On Ken Palm's National Player of the Year rankings, he is, I mean, he's like the do-it-all guy for them. He's 10th in the country in the percentage of possessions, like essentially his usage rate. He 
is top 125 in offensive and defensive rating or offensive and defensive rebounding percentage. He's 210th in assist rate. He's 115th in block rate. He draws a ton of fouls, gets to the free throw line. He shoots 79% from the charity stripe. He shoots almost 40% from three on 53 attempts. Like, man, he just is a do-it-all kind of player for them. And as yeah. someone against that Wyoming team that is also a quality team that um, could could really make some noise come come March. So if you yeah, if you have a chance, uh, Orlando Robinson is his name, but he is like he could legitimately be end up being an All American this year, and feel like that he was kind of off of people's radars for a lot of the, including mine. Uh, Kind of off people's radars for a lot of the a lot of the season. Yeah, they they were down at one point. I was watching a game the other night because it was just late and just didn't know what to watch. So I put on Fresno State game. They were down like by like twenty something, and then at some point they came back. I don't know if they end up winning, but it was the fact that they came back was pretty impressive. So uh, shout out to Fresno State there. But yeah, there's there's a, there's some decent basketball on this this week. So keep uh, keep an eye out for that. And yeah, let's move on. Drink up, it's last call. As we are closing, each host has an opportunity to share any last-minute thoughts, hot takes, found stupid tweets, and fandom talk. All right, man, last call. What you got for us? Um, so I think I am just going to kind of shout out the as we move into February, just looking at the fact that we are starting to be on like full on bubble watch. Um, I know we had Michael Beard on the the podcast before. I'm sure we'll have him on uh, as we get closer to March as well. Looking at the at who is more likely to make the tournament, but I think that it's just always so fun to keep an eye on that. It can be kind of nerve wracking if you are a fan. So try not to take too much stock into where teams are currently and just kind of almost enjoy the ride. It's like another another aspect of the of the product of college basketball and should be a uh, a really fun watch as we as we get closer to to actually like hitting conference tournament time and then March Madness. So just I mean, I feel like that we do a pretty good job of just enjoying college basketball here, mm-hmm. but just wanted to kind of call out, like, dude, just enjoy the ride, enjoy oh, yeah. all the aspects that come with it. Try not to let the annoying charge calls get too yep. uh, get too much uh, on your brain. There was a charge in the in the weight game where they were like the commentators were like that like man, that defender did a great job. Like that's always going to get called a charge. And I was like, why are we praising the refs continuously making bad calls being like, that's always going to get called a charge, even though it's very clearly not. Um, yeah. And so you know, my get, stance on that too. Like you should never, you should never reward a defender for not trying to do his job ever. Correct. Ever. Correct. Um, but this was supposed to be a positive yeah. last call and didn't, <laughs> It's Went fine. That rabbit hole, but whatever. No, it's fine. No, but just yeah, enjoy enjoy college basketball. If you're on the bubble, um, enjoy it. Especially 
if you are a team that is not normally on the bubble and you're normally in and you're on it this year, like as a, as a wake fan who is very, very much excited. And like, if we're on the bubble in the past, that was the greatest like season we've had in the past, like 15 years. So sometimes the, the bubble can be fun. So just enjoy it. Yeah, I, I agree with that, man. So I was watching the AFC Championship game today, just kind of down the dumps because you know, like the Bucks lost. You know, Brady might be retiring. Is he retiring? We don't know. But you know, I was watching with a Bengals fan, and she was just so excited. And it was, you know, it was cool to see that. You know, personally, it's like I don't care like anyone but the Chiefs. And now at this point, it's like anyone but the Rams. So like, let's go. You know, who day? Let's go Bengals. Whatever. But when I watched college basketball last year, was the most miserable I've been watching college basketball as soon as Kentucky was out it was like a breath of fresh air like I could watch every game and I was just as invested as I was without Kentucky you know with Kentucky in it but without the minute and it was just like okay this is by far my favorite sport because I'm invested in this game like I'm invested in these you know like in this atmosphere and you know like you I'm spending office hours you know checking scores and all this stuff so I didn't really care about that, you know, outside of fantasy football. Like, I don't really care about that about the NFL as much or college football. You know, like, I keep up with it, but I, I love college basketball. So, yeah, I'm with you. Enjoy it. But, all right, my last call. I'll keep this short. Auburn needs the same amount of criticism that Kentucky has received in terms of winning big games on the road. They're 1-1 one and one against ranked teams on the road, even though they're – one loss was they were the home team and it was against UConn in a tournament setting, but it was in Bahamas. They still lost not at not in Auburn. And their other their other win was against a, you know, kind of weird Alabama team uh that was I think they were on the verge of dropping out of the top twenty five at that point. If that if they, I think they were in the twenties at that point, which they're still a top twenty five team. Like I get that's the matchup, but it's not like it's a great win. You know, it's not a bad loss. It's not a bad win, but it's not a great win. So they have yet to play a top 25 team besides Alabama on the road. Every one of their big wins have come at home in the jungle. It's just kind of annoying that they are getting beat like that. They're getting all this praise and you know favoritism for something that Kentucky is doing. Like they're that every single one of their big games have been on the road. And it's just like, if this Auburn team went on the road, I and mean, they did, they almost lost to Missouri. It was just a weird, you know, like no one could get a rebound from Missouri the other night. So just, it's weird. I'm not hating on Auburn here. I just need them to realize like they aren't the greatest team in the world. Like they, there's definitely teams that can beat them. A team's already beaten them this year. So just kind of check yourself because it's getting annoying how you think that you're the best job. You're the best team all this stuff. And I know you're enjoying your season, but you can enjoy your season without being braggy about it, I think. And, uh, you know, for, for what it's worth, you know, so it's not like they've blown, they've blown out. Like they didn't blow out Kentucky and like, but they act like they have. And that's the frustrating part. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see the, the excitement. Yeah. Uh, for sure. The, honestly, the thing that makes me the most mad about Auburn is so like looking at Kentucky schedule, Ken Palm has a thing where they, have tier A games and tier B games. Uh, it's a similar concept to the like quad one, quad yeah. two, quad three type stuff. But looking at Kentucky's schedule, we have what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 
eight, nine, we have 10 games remaining in SEC play. Yep. All but two of them are tier A or tier B. Auburn, on the other hand, has 10 games remaining and only five of them are tier A. Yep. Which is, and I don't understand exactly, and maybe, I mean, Auburn definitely was not expected to be this good. We knew we were, they were going to be good, but they weren't expected to be this good. Um, but it's just like, what was the SEC thinking scheduling them against every other top SEC team just once? Yeah, and they're makes- they're for a for the, a conference that is the second best conference in my opinion in the yeah. in the country for Auburn to come away with so few quality wins from an SEC schedule is just going to be really really confusing and so like. When Auburn yeah. runs into Texas Tech in like the Sweet 16 and Texas Tech, you know, potentially upsets them or even maybe not even Texas Tech, like shoot, Auburn can run into Texas and I think there could be a, a good game in that in the tournament, you know? So it's like you never know what the, the matchups are going to be, but it should come to no surprise when Auburn has played zero good games away from like away from home. It should no, come to no surprise. And also all the Auburn fans saying that Kentucky was just another game. Like, stop lying. You know, like, you didn't camp out for Oklahoma. I'm so tired of Auburn fans saying that, but then also Kentucky fans, like, acting like that we need to be justified. Like, both sides just need to shut up about it because it's annoying and dumb. It is. It is. It's just like, okay, so looking at Auburn's February schedule, their road games at Georgia, at Arkansas, at Florida, at at Tennessee. Tennessee, at Mississippi State. Yeah. That's they, play, like, they, they play Kentucky only once. They play LSU only once. They play they play Alabama twice. But they play like, yeah. Florida twice. The only two they only potential play Arkansas once. The only two potential upsets I see of this one, maybe three, is Arkansas, Tennessee, Mississippi State. And and I mean, if shoot, if Auburn plays Arkansas, Tennessee, or Mississippi State, like they did against Missouri uh, on the road, they're going 0 for 3 in that stretch uh, yeah, of road games. They're, yeah, I mean, they're not going to lose to Georgia. I don't care. Like you, I don't care what you said. They're not going to lose to Georgia. Yeah, Georgia's bad. But Which, for, them to, for them to get all of those like, bottom teams twice. But all the good, all the top teams once, really. Yeah, except for Alabama. They played twice. But, like, other than that, it's just an incredibly weak schedule, which seems almost impossible for an SEC team. Yeah. Yeah, so. Auburn, you need to to beef up your schedule a little bit, buddies. So, before you can go call yourself Blue Buds, you know, play some big games on the road. All right. Let's close out here. Um, we have announcement to make our randomizer for our giveaways here. The first person to win a sticker is Tyler Alford. So at T underscore A one F zero R D D D P D P T. If you follow us on Twitter, which I know you do, cause you quote tweeted with three names to give us to follow, uh, go ahead and DM us and we'll get you your sticker. And then the next one is Miranda Fambro. If you uh, if you guys um, so at fam dpt I think they're probably related or at least they're like you know the same work together something whatever dpt is I don't know what it is but you guys are connected somehow Miranda Tyler go ahead and DM us we'll get your uh, information as far as getting you one of the sweet beers and buckets stickers if you haven't seen them yet pretty dope 
Um, we're going to get more made. So you have an opportunity to get some, win some. We'll do some trivia. I think we could do some call-in trivia. That might be fun or something like that. Ooh, that would be fun. That would be pretty fun to do. So we could do something like that. But um, we'll get we'll keep on getting these stickers and getting giving them out here. But, yeah, the uh, you guys go ahead and collect on that. As far as the T-shirt giveaway, we're still working to get the T-shirts made. So I don't want to, you know, like we, we had something in development, kind of something fell through. But we're going to get T-shirts made. When we do, we're going to sell them. We're also going to give one away uh, and do a, do a contest then. So we appreciate everyone who participated earlier. And uh, reach out to us if you want a sticker, and we'll make you earn it somehow. I don't know how, but we'll figure out a way to make you earn it. But, yeah. Um, go ahead and follow me, um, Connor J. Caldwell. Uh, that's on Twitter and Instagram. Also, I write for Sidelines Kentucky. So at SSN underscore Kentucky or dash Kentucky. I can't remember which one, but you can also just check out our website, SSN-sports.com. I try to, I try to post at least one article a week now. Uh, I'm not going to do a game prep for Vandy because we already played Vandy and think it's necessary, but I might recap or you know, dig, do some digging on some statistics of, uh, you know, the big, most impressive Kentucky wins and where our win again at Kansas ranks uh, all time. So if you're a Kentucky fan, go check that out. Dow, is there anything you want to plug, you want to mention here before we get out of here? Um, no, I don't guess so. Just follow me at do underscore well Harmon on Twitter. Uh, definitely check out Connor's work on the, uh, that he's been working on. Uh, yeah. Appreciate that, that plug for me, man. Appreciate that. We don't know where Matt is. He doesn't respond to our messages anymore. So if you, if you hear from him, give him a shout out, say beers and buckets, miss him. Say you miss him on beers and buckets, you know, give him, give him a shout out there. And, uh, we, we never really mentioned it on the podcast. I think we mentioned it on the lost episode, but, um, we never mentioned it on the actual episode that aired. But we wanted to just clear the air about the uh, UK fan, Kyle. You know, we had Kyle on, on the podcast for a little bit. He did step down. He, it was taking a lot of time. If you guys don't know, podcasting is a lot of work, especially if you're producing and editing like I do. But there's a lot of prep work we put into these things. You, you know, pulling stats for these Shark Tank, Shark Tank upsets. You're buying a beer every week and reviewing that. And it is a little bit more of a work than, than just talking about stuff. You, we pull a lot of statistics and you know, a lot of work goes into it. And I think he just had a little bit um, too much on his plate at the moment. So he stepped down, but he, nothing you know, crazy happened. There was no like big blowout or anything like no, no bad words and no malicious intent or anything. So uh, definitely keep following Kyle. He's a great guy. He's still a listener. He said he'd come on as a guest whenever he's available. So shout out to Kyle. We miss you, man. And uh, Matt, wherever you're at, if you're, if you're not locked out of Twitter like you normally are, or whatever, <laughs> you know, give us a shout out. But we uh, we do miss you as well. And uh, yeah, if you think if you can think of any guests, if you guys can think of anybody you want to hear on this podcast, interact with us. Maybe you know a fan that of a some you know obscure school, uh, you know, like Blue Mountain State, <laughs> you know, whatever. If you know of uh, anybody that would want to be on the, that loves beer and loves basketball and wants to come and talk with us, you know, reach out to us. We we always open to recommendations. And uh, we're trying to expand our followers list because we're not just Kentucky fans. We're not just Texas Tech fans, college basketball fans. And we want to make sure that everyone gets involved in this fun. Uh, we almost had a Florida basketball. So Florida basketball hour was supposed to be our guest scheduled for tonight. And at like 7 p.m., he messaged me saying that 
He's going to have to postpone his appearance. He had to take his little one to the emergency room. And he says, it's one of those nights that as a parent won't be fun. And he's very sorry he couldn't be with us. So we're going to keep uh, him and his son in our prayers or his child in our prayers. And uh, yeah, we're just lifting that family up and making sure that everything's okay there. So we'll definitely have Florida Basketball Hour on soon. I I can't wait to hear his opinion on Mike White. Uh, I'm sure it's probably the same as mine. And uh, I hope it's going to be a fun time. But yeah, man, let's, uh, let's, like I said, um, follow us on TikTok. Follow us on social media at Beers and Buckets. Like, subscribe, follow, leave a rating, review, whatever you need to do. We will probably – I'm, I'm down to do a Bourbon Basketball Nation episode Wednesday night after Vanderbilt. I think it would be fun if you're down Definitely. to do it, Dow. So check out that episode. And Dow, I think they deserve it. They, they upset uh, LSU this week. Go horny, horny Toads, as my dad likes to say. Go Horny Toads. <laughs> Go Horn Frogs. Go TCU. And you guys have a Go great Ladanian week. Tomlinson's alma mater. Yeah, I mean, I have his, I have his jersey still, his, his Chargers jersey, the black and white oh. Reebok one. My Sorry. brother keeps on wearing it, and I'm like, stop wearing it. It's gonna be worth a lot of money one day. <laughs> like, please stop wearing <laughs> it. So, but yeah, go, go Horn Frogs, and you guys have a fantastic week, and enjoy some great basketball. Peace.